This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Happy holidays and hello and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. Nate Klaus, no holiday break for this crew as we are up here uh, taping a little earlier this week as we know uh, our normal tape day is uh, on Christmas. So hopefully if you're traveling um, this week, we're giving you something to listen to in the car. If you're working out over the holidays, uh, you can tune into us as well. But, um, you know, not not a lot going on this week as things are kind of on shutdown mode, but kind of a good week to, to talk about and reflect on a lot of different topics and Nate and Robin, uh, the first thing I wanted to really hit on um, is the the new scholarship distribution chart. You know, got a lot of discussion, a lot of views actually um, this week on Husker Online. We broke down the numbers, um, but this one just hit me right in the face immediately. You look at the numbers for Nebraska of your 85 scholarship players today, right now, 40 of the 85 going into 2020 will be redshirt freshmen and true freshmen, and they still have two more additional spots plus Isaac Gifford that will be added to that number in August. So you're looking at Nebraska having anywhere from 41 to 43 potentially mm. freshman, redshirt freshman of your 85 on scholarship. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, when half your roster is underclassmen, that is a youth movement to the fullest extent. And uh, I guess that's part of the deal uh, when it comes to really um, this coaching staff is putting their, their footprint uh, on this program. Um, that's what it takes to now basically their guys are fully in place right now I mean there's been a complete sweep of this roster over the past two years uh, to where this team looks um, completely different and these are all Scott Frost and, and his staff's guys and so you know they're going to be young and with youth uh, there's going to be learning curves but um, I think in theory and the hope is that uh, you know while while young there's probably not only an upgrade in overall talent, but talent that is a much better fit for what they want to do on both sides of the ball. At least that's that's the hope. <laughs> that's what you hope to do assemble over three recruiting classes. So we'll see how it plays out. But uh, Frost and, and his staff certainly did their diligence to make this program theirs uh, and not you know necessarily ease into that type of transition. Yeah, definitely a big upgrade in talent, I believe. It's a strong foundation of young talent in the program now. I mean, think about this. It's this is the first time since 2005-2006 that Nebraska has been able to stack top 20 classes together. Um, I mean, and that's that's pretty crazy when you think about it, that, that, that it hasn't happened back-to-back top 20 classes since Bill Callahan did it in 05. That's almost 06. hard to believe. Yeah, it's no. crazy. And so – um, and and I think when you look at the roster too, <clears throat> you know I think there's probably a couple points in the season this past year when Scott Frost could have elected to go to a, you know kind of have a youth movement, but he he decided to hold the, or keep the red shirts on a bunch of these these guys and and kind of really continue to build for the future. And I also think that that's it's part of the reason why they didn't have a problem taking five junior college players in this year's class because they do have so many young players on this roster. So, um, you know, it, it is pretty – it is a unique situation, but I think in the long run this is going to be a deal where – uh, you know, a couple, two, three years from now, we're going to be talking about how how loaded they are and with experience too, and and how just how good this Nebraska team is. And Sean, how much do you think that the administrative support 
Frost has. I mean, that's fairly unique, I think, where in today's landscape of college football, you essentially have a three to four year window where you're out. Where Frost, I mean, he's got as much support from his bosses uh, as probably any coach in the country right now outside of the the elite. And so the ability to assemble this type of roster and, you know, work with that much of a time frame for growth, uh, I think is maybe a little bit unusual for most coaches, especially uh, what's happened over the first two seasons. Well, and just look at USC right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they um, have a guy, but he's really not the guy. And it just has killed their program, killed them. I mean, that they lost essentially an entire recruiting class because of Everybody knows Clay Helton's not the guy, but they couldn't get the guy they wanted, so they didn't fire him, and all of a sudden he's back another year kind of as a lame duck until Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, or whoever comes along will say yes, maybe an NFL guy, whoever USC's going to try to convince to take that job down the road. And I think that has been um, a big deal for Nebraska because so many times here, you know, Pelini had momentum, but he never had the AD support. Um, after Osborne was mm-hmm. gone, you know, Eichhorst never was really going to support him, et cetera, down the line. Bill Callahan obviously had another top five, top ten class coming, and then he got pushed out. He never was able to finish that. Um, and he got pushed out, you know, because they had a bad year. There's no no doubt. But, you know, it, the, the support has never been side-by-side side with AD, coach, president, mm-hmm. like it is right now. Chancellor, excuse me, Chancellor, um, and you have Green, you have Frost, you have Moose. I mean, those three guys are are all behind one another, and it, and it has made a difference, I think. And um, you know, getting this class, I think, you know, Mike Farrell from Rivals.com wrote this week of all the top twenty, Nebraska is the surprise, and you know, I, I think you 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 can't disagree with that. And I think a lot of teams in the Big Ten. They're like, finally, Nebraska is going to have a bad recruiting year. They're going to step down in recruiting because they've been garbage or their record's not been good for three years in a row. Well, they're not going away. And I think you're right, Robin. I think that administrative uh, support, Nate, um, and other things really play a factor. Yeah, it's huge. And, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the season when Scott Frost got the contract extension. Um, You know, what – what was the, you know, I guess what was the, what was behind that and behind the timing of that? Um, and I, I do think that a lot of that had to do with recruiting. Um, and I know that's something that the recruits really, really paid attention to. Whether or not it, it was a recruiting thing, it, it was something that really hit home with a lot of the recruits and especially a lot of the guys in the signing class that they just wrapped up here. Uh, for the most part. I, I mean, a lot of these guys told me when that happened that, hey, you know what, that makes me feel a little bit better that um, I, we know that Nebraska is completely behind Scott Frost. He's for sure going nowhere, uh, at least during my entire tenure uh, at Nebraska. Oh, and by the way, they have all these facilities and everything else coming too. Uh, th- and I think that really did kind of, um, you know, put some put some questions to rest at that point in time. And about you know about the season or whatever and about some other teams that were probably trying to poach these players or try to get in their ears and plant some seeds of doubt that uh you know what Nebraska's just fine it's just going to take maybe another year or two or whatever so um and and again I I think that's part of the reason why Frost didn't have to go towards that youth movement because he knew he had time well I think with fans too that's what I'm curious about now obviously the the administrative side of Nebraska they're okay with this being a long-term build but 
will Nebraska fans be willing to go through another transition year with all this youth having to kind of learn on the fly? Um, you know, next year's schedule is going to be a grind. I mean, you open with Big Ten play. You got Cincinnati on the schedule. You got South Dakota State, who's not easy. Uh, and then Central the, Michigan played for the MAC title. Sure. I mean, just go down the list. And then the, with the way that the back end of the schedule, where four of your final six games are on the road, uh, it could be another tough year for Nebraska. And again, with a lot of young players having to kind of figure it out as they go. You know, our fans going to be as patient. You know, there was already some people that were upset the fact that, you know, year two was such a disappointment. Well, now year three and you're looking at, you know, maybe a bowl game being kind of the, the, the high end goal. Uh, I think that's going to be tough for some people to swallow. But with the way that the roster is constructed, it almost seems like that's kind of the reality right now. Well, yeah, there's just so many things. But you look at the offensive line, they have eight freshmen and redshirt freshmen on scholarship, 18 total offensive linemen. Nate, do you ever recall Nebraska having 18 scholarship offensive linemen. So 18, when you when you are kind of constructing your your scholarship breakdown, 18 is like the high end of offensive linemen that you on the 85 that, on the 85 that you will ever carry. 16 is is generally the number that you that you typically have. You know, and it may fluctuate one or two around there, but 18 is like that's about the most that that you'll ever carry. Um, so yeah, I, I think that. And, and there was talking about Nebraska bringing in another offensive lineman in this class, but it's, I, I think it, basically whenever the decision was made that – They got Nuri Newelli. Yeah, well, yeah, and be, between getting him – but they got him as a walk-on for one year. So um, I think between getting Nuri and then, you know, when Gaylord got his extra year or whatever and he wanted to come back, I think that basically closed the door on, on them signing another – uh, offensive linemen in this class but yeah to have 18 linemen on scholarship right now I mean that's that's uh, about as high as you'll ever see but I, I do think it's a good thing and and again when you when you point towards that youth uh, we all know how important it is in the in the Big Ten to to have numbers in the trenches and have strength in the trenches well to have that many young freshmen and retro freshmen offensive linemen that are that are growing in the program is a big deal all right well we got college football playoff games coming up on saturday and they're coming right up on us usually you don't play these till closer to new year's day this year it's december 28th so we're gonna give some thoughts on some of these semifinal matchups and other early big 10 bowl games next you're listening here to the husker online show